we serve. Amen, Lord. We do. We love your presence. Even before we sang that song this morning, we prayed that your presence would be felt in this place. We love to be in your presence, Lord. Our spirit within us longs to be with you. Our spirit loves you, Lord. Our spirit loves you, Jesus. Our soul loves you. The triune being that we're made of loves you with all of our heart. And we love your presence. And today, how we invite your presence into this place, as we do every Sunday. We know you're here already, but we want you to know that you, we love it when we hear from you. We love it when you speak to us through your word. We love it when you speak to us through your worship songs and praise songs. We love it when you speak to each and every one of us individually as we read your word, as we go to church, as we listen to preachers, as we read our devotionals, as we're walking by the seashore, when we're walking down the street, when we sit in our homes and when we lie down and when we rise up. We love your presence. Let us feel your beautiful presence here today, Lord. Let us feel your spirit as he warms our spirits, cheers us up and encourages us as these days get darker and darker. May the light of Jesus Christ in us get brighter and brighter and brighter, Lord God, and help us to bring this kingdom to your to the earth, your kingdom to earth, Lord, that your will would be done on this earth. We can't wait for that day. We long for it. We give you the glory, Lord, today. Speak to us loud and clear. And Lord, help us to apply it to our life. Application, so important. To hear is one thing. To hear and do is another. Help us to do. And help us bless your name. In Jesus' holy name, Father, we pray. We love your presence. Speak to us now. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everybody. You may be seated. For those online that just tuned in, we welcome you. This is Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. We're glad you're here. If you're local, we're at 2810 High Paluxo Road in Lantana, Florida. We're a quarter mile west of I-95 on High Paluxo Road, the north side of the road. So if you're local, come on by. There's a Bible study every Saturday morning for men at 9 a.m. here, so you can come by. We have good fellowship, good teaching. We have at least three different churches represented here, um, and it's just a small crowd. And we have coffee and sometimes even donuts. So uh, come on by. And for those of you online, you know, you can tune in to Freedom Church every, every day if you want to and listen to any of our messages from years back back check us out who we are where we're located you can even donate online just go to the give life button you know um, but um, you know you're welcome uh, the website is freedom church pb stands for palm beach.org freedom church pb.org and you can do all that online i want to remind you you can tune in every sunday at 10 a.m we're here uh, streaming live every thursday night at 7:15. streaming live and um, we're, we, you know, you can tune in to us. We, we do mostly um, expositional Bible studies. We stay with the Word of, draw of God. We, we, we preach the whole Bible of God. It took me nine years to get through the whole Bible. We started back nine years ago, but we've been past that a few years back. So um, but we're right now we're just doing what the Holy Spirit tells us. We've been in uh, Matthew for several weeks. And I just jumped off last week to bring a message from Romans, uh, chapter 1. But uh, this week we're back into um, Matthew, chapter 10, expositionally. So uh, thank you for your tithes and offerings. Anybody wants to give, if our people are still out there and haven't come to church, you know, you can just mail your check-in or go to a website. I advise everybody out there, whether you're part of this church or any other church, your tithe goes to your church you want to give a special blessing to the church that you listen to to get encouragement and be lifted up, you can give them a special gift. So uh, thank you for those that have done that here that are part of this church that gave their tithe, and thank you for the ones that 
really aren't part, but listen and still, you know, give us a, a blessing uh, when we thank you all. That's what keeps the church going, you know. We're trying to move forth as the world's, let's see, freight training into destruction. We need to freight train into the kingdom of God, and that means you have to support your churches that are preaching the gospel and get out there. We personally support two missionaries here ourselves. Not completely, but they're part of this church. And, um, and we support them every, every week, every month, whatever uh, God supplies. So um, I want the gospel to get out there because I don't know about you, even though I'm not in the field right now, I'm looking for that last Gentile to be converted so that shofar can blow and we can get the heck out of here. Excuse the heck word, but, you know, I want out of here bad. I don't want to really die. I just want to be raptured, changed, transformed. I don't care if my clothes drop off and a white robe comes on. I don't care just as long as I see Jesus' face. Amen. Amen. So, anyway, get your Bibles out. I got uh, some flyers to pass out. Theron's going to bring them down to you. I got a little study, you know, in in Matthew chapter 10. For those online, you're not going to have the study sheet, but... You know, um, sometimes I do that. I do it a lot in the past. You know, a lot of preachers used to say, you're just wasting the paper. I'm there like, I don't think so. You know, you know, you're hearing it, you're seeing it, and you're reading it. So now you're, instead of using one sense, you're using at least three senses. So that means you retain it more, okay? Um, this chapter is Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to read the, the first um 23 verses, and I have like nine points on that sheet that what what Jesus is doing and what the disciples are doing when they go out and preach the gospel just like Jesus said. Now, I want you to, I want to start really on the 37th verse of the previous chapter. You know, the chapters were put in here by you know, men, I think it was around the 1600s, 1655 or something like that. They put the chapters and the references in here. But sometimes the chapters and the references aren't just in the right place, as far as I'm concerned. So Jesus is about, in Matthew chapter 10, ready to send out his disciples. He's going to send them out into the, into the harvest. But in the, ninth, in the ninth chapter, verse 36, 37 and 38. Listen, here's what he says. He says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, I pray the Lord of the harvest, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. So Jesus, right now, you know, that should be included in chapter 10 as far as I'm concerned, because Jesus is now going into a different direction. He just healed a whole bunch of people in chapter 8, chapter 9. We saw at least 12 miracles, and I showed you how they, they prove who Jesus is as Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah you know, Jireh, Jehovah uh, Sidkenu, Jehovah Makadesh. I showed you how Jesus was actually playing the part or doing the part of what Jehovah would do. So, we now... He's saying, okay, you know, it's time for us. You saw what I did. It's time for you to go do it. Okay? So that's what he's saying. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out his laborers into the harvest. So what does the Lord of the harvest do right here? He he sends them out. This tells you right away, not only is Jesus, you know, uh, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Makadesh, Jehovah, you know, Shalom. You know, he is also the Lord of the harvest. Do you understand that? Every person that you might have led to the Lord or every person that you planted a seed in of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus was using you because he is the Lord of the harvest. So if you happen to be blessed by praying with a, a person and they coming into the kingdom, then, then you were sent by the Lord of the harvest, Jesus Christ himself. So he's sending out the disciples. He didn't just show them. He told them to do it. Remember, I, I, always, use that, I always use that formula that I have. Instruction plus application you know, equals blessing. 
or the instruction minus the application, you're going to stay in the frustration you're always in. Jesus is saying, do it. Let us do it. And he sends out his disciples. It's a witness to them, and it's a witness to us today that you know we can still go out and are sent out by the Lord of the harvest to do the exact same things that are listed on your little sheet that, are pla- uh, that were passed out, the nine things. He, you know, he's sending them out to do what he just, he just taught them to do. Jesus isn't just, he isn't just making believers, he's making disciples. And that's what he said in Matthew chapter 28. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples. Yes, you have to be converted to be a disciple, but God wants you to move beyond being just saved. He wants you to move into blessing of, of, of doing what the gospel says. So, it tells us that those two verses tell us that Jesus Christ is the Lord of the harvest, and he's the one who sent forth laborers. You know, I just mentioned to you we sent Matt out a, five, a month ago or five weeks ago to Brazil, okay? And I talked to him every Monday for at least an hour, hour and a half, you know, and, and encourage him, and he encourages me. But it isn't Freedom Church that sent Matt out. It's the Lord of the harvest. It's Jesus Christ who sent us out. And we happen to be the lucky, blessed ones. Nobody, the blessed ones, skip the word lucky, the blessed ones who were blessed to send him out. The privilege of sending Matt out. Matt doesn't get a paycheck for what he does. His support comes from this church and whoever else may support him. His mother, his friends, he has friends from other churches, but he's part of this church, and we support him. But the Lord sent him out, not Pastor Joe, not you, not Freedom Church. The Lord of the Harvest sent Matt. His disciples are now sent out. And we, when Jesus left the earth, he sent us out to make disciples. Okay? He's sending the disciples out as a witness to us, as to tell us, too, that we have a future responsibility. And that is, today is the future from this time. It's time for us to move out, send out people, and to into the harvest field and do it. But now this this indignation that went through the world in the last two years has snuffed it out. And we need to get back up full strength. You aren't, uh, you know what, you're a lamb, but you're also a lion. And it's lioness's time. Do you understand that? It's time to be like a lion. It's time to march forth like a lion instead of a, a, a lamb. It's time to go. And Jesus is telling his disciples, it's time to go. You get out into the harvest field. And then he moves to chapter 10. I'm going to read the first 23 verses. I might stop somewhere and, and, and maybe in, you know, inject there. I'm not sure. All right, first tab, chapter 10 of Matthew, verse 1. This is the New King James Version I'm reading from. And when he called his, his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power. Listen to that. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. First Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus, Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who was also, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them. He didn't just send them out. He commanded them. He gave them a command. Do not go into the way of the Gentiles. Go to, do not enter the city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why is the kingdom at hand? Because the king is here. Remember, Matthew's presenting Jesus as the king. And he, the king is here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand because the king is here. Then he gives them the more instructions. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You know what? A lot of people today, if I want to lay hands on people and say, be healed, people even in the church say, what? What did Jesus just tell you to do? 
You're going to do it or you're just going to just pretend like he didn't say it? And there's other scriptures that back that up. I could back it up with scripture after scripture. And scripture interprets scripture. So it is one. You heal the sick. You cleanse the lepers. Fortunately, leprosy has been, has been pretty much snuffed out. I mean, it still exists. It's called uh, Hansen's disease today. Okay? And it's been pretty well snuffed out. It's been stopped, but it hasn't been cured. It's been stopped. You can, you can halt it. If you get it, it can be halted immediately. Okay, raise the dead. Well, my goodness, if I raised the hands on somebody that was dead, you, everybody would say, Joe's a wacko. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, I must have faith. You must have faith to believe. Cast out demons. Oh, there's another one. Cast out demons? Come on. Now you realize that you have the power over demons. Jesus defeated the devil at the cross. Genesis 3.15 tells us that Jesus, that the, the devil, the serpent was smashed by, by Jesus because the virgin was with child and the, the seed of the woman crushed Satan's skull and the Satan only bruised his heel. Why? Because he was only dead for three days paying the penalty of our sin. He's only been dead for three days, and he rose again. And Jesus, uh, the devil just bruised Jesus for a three-day period so that he could redeem us from the dead. Praise God. Verse uh, 9, Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts. Take no bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor, uh, not, nor tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who, is, who in it is worthy and stay there until you go out. And when you go out into the household, greet, if, greet it. If the household worth, is worthy of your peace, let it come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let it peace return to you. And you will not receive, nor will you hear your words, when you depart from the house, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as a dove. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to, be, to the councils and scourge you you in their, in their synagogues, you will be brought before governors and kings for my name's sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they, delivered you, but when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour that you will speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of the Father who speaks in you. Now, brother, I deliver will now brother will deliver a brother to death, and a father his child, and a child will rise up against his parents and cause them to be put to death, and you will be hated by all of my you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly, I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes back. So look at Jesus sends them out, according to the Lord of the Harvest in chapter 9. Okay, he sends them out and he gives them power over unclean spirits. He, he gave them power to heal all kinds of sickness, and he gave um, them power to heal all kinds of diseases. Jesus did this. He, this is, this is a, a picture of what we were going to do when Jesus leaves. He's showing the disciples, and I got these nine points I'm going to show you as we move along. This is an example Jesus has given us something to do, and we, because we are the disciples of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm a disciple. 
I'm not just a believer. I'm a disciple. I study the Word of God. You should be studying the Word of God. A devotional is not going to do it. It's nice. It's like adding the cherry to your cheesecake. But it's not the meat. The meat is what we're doing right here, right now. Studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God. I know people that get up every morning and read for an hour and a half. I know people that don't read at all. Which one do you think is going to grow faster? Which one do you think is going to be more knowledgeable? The one who reads. The one who studies. You know, I'm up here. I study, study, study. And, and sometimes it just comes to me and sometimes it don't just come. Sometimes it's hours and hours and hours and sometimes it's, it comes pretty quick, which I'd like to see more, but no, it don't happen that way. You have to study. You have to make time for it. Make time for watching, say, if you watch soap operas. I don't think anybody here watches them, but I'm just saying, you make time for soap operas. Why not do it? Listen, he gave them power to, over unclean spirits, that's demons. He gave you power to heal all kinds of sickness and to heal all kinds of diseases. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about what God wants us to do. It's for us to do the same thing that he's commissioned his disciples to do. And we are there at this point right now. They're really not apostles. They're disciples. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is a learner. The Great Commission is today is to, for the disciples of Christ. And the disciples of Christ today need to be doing the same exact thing that Jesus sent his disciples out to do. That is to cast out demons. But yet, if sometimes you mention a demon in a church, they go, ah, you ain't afraid of demons. You're a saint of the Most High God. You are a child of God. Now, who do you think God's going to side with, the demon of darkness or you, the child? Just like you when, would hold up your child, he's going to hold you up. You have to learn, though. The truth will set you free. Somebody said, the truth will set you free, but what's understood in the truth will be set you free. You have to know that truth. The truth will set you free, but if you don't read your Bible, if you don't go to church, if you don't study the Word of God, you aren't going to know that is a truth, and you won't be able to stand on it. So the truth will set you free. The truth that you know will set you free. That's understood. You have to study the Word of God. You have to get to church. You can't say in the morning, oh, the alarm's going off. It's I don't feel like getting up. Click it and go back to bed. No. Jesus died for you. Get out of bed. That's all there is to it. I'm sorry that's tough words, but I'm not sorry because it's, you need to do it, especially in this dark world. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the habit of some, and do it all the more as the time draws near. The time is drawing near, church. The world's headed for possibly another war. You know, do you know that, that uh, what's the name of that? Left, what's the name of that country is being attacked right now? I've just, Ukraine. Ukraine. I just slipped my mind. Sorry, I know it. But you know that Ukraine is directly north of Jerusalem? Do you know, do you know that, that um, Ezekiel 38 talks about Gog and Magog, the northern tribe, the northern, northern armies are going to come against down south. It's perfect. The world's getting set up for the last days. You know, I'm excited about it, but I'm also a little hesitant too. But I see these things happening. We should be going towards the Word of God and not backwards. It's time to grow up. It's time to take the binkies out of our mouth, Christians, Get them out of your mouth and grow up. It's time for solid food. Listen, yes, you can do miracles today in Jesus' name, just like the disciples did. The disciples go for us as the forerunners. But before him, before them, was Jesus. He went forth as a forerunner. Chapter 8, chapter 9, all those miracles... Matthew has put his book in an order. It's not chronological order, but he put it in an order that we might understand. And today, it's time for us to get out into the mission field. You can go personally, or you can support it with prayer and finances. You know what? John the Baptist was before any of this happened, and you know he didn't do it one single miracle. 
John the Baptist never performed a miracle. The greatest prophet that Jesus said he was never did a miracle that we know of. I think the miracle was when they were dipped in the water, their sins were forgiven. They were repenting of their sins. That's the miracle, but no physical miracle. This power Jesus gave them is now their identification, their criteria. Just like Jesus' credentials I told you about, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah uh, Shalom, that he, Shalom that he did in, in chapters 8 and 9. Now, because if these, as these disciples do this, they heal the sick, they raise the dead, they cast out demons, then, then their credentials are being established. Do you understand that? That happens for us today. You know, we, as we go out and we heal the sick, as we send forth laborers, you know, these are credentials as to who we are, disciples of Christ. Now, the disciples' ID will be established as 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 one of Jesus' disciples, a learner. You are a learner. I'm still a learner. I've been studying the Bible for years, but I am still a learner. I've been studying the Bible for 44, almost 45 years. But I'm still a learner. There's, this, is, this is way too, this is God's Word. There ain't no way this simple mind's going to grasp all this. You know, but I can put, give it my best shot. As you go forth, laying hands on the sick, Raising the dead, you know, uh, healing people. Listen, your credentials will be established. If that happens, don't think for one minute you did it. It's uh, definitely the Lord God Almighty. Happened to use an imbecile like you or an imbecile like me because we're sinners. Let me change imbecile to sinner like me. Sinner like me. The disciples are now being ID'd as they go forth and and heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons. Now their identification is going to be with Jesus Christ, just like you and me. But now even today, some of the church don't do that. I don't believe you can do that. No, I'm sorry. It goes against Scripture. It just don't fit Scripture. Application, Jesus and his disciples. Don't be, you know, don't be surprised if they accuse you to be in league with the devil because they accuse Jesus. Oh, he heals him out of Beelzebub, out of Beelzebub, the devil. <laughs> come on, come on. We're coming up with excuses and get some faith. Don't be surprised if they accuse you of being ungodly. They accuse Jesus, you know, and Jesus told them straight out, which one of you convicts me of sin? Well, I could never say that, but Jesus could. They couldn't convict him. The only thing they had them on was breaking their religious and legalistic traditions. Don't be surprised if you also be accused of having low morals and being the scum of the earth. I had, I had people tell me this week about certain things out there in the world that the Christians are the worst. I thought this person had told me that was a Christian. And I'm there like, what? Christians are the worst? I thought you were a Christian. And then it goes and names the disciples, and I don't know that we need to go through that. The only one I would like to talk to you about is Bartholomew. You know, he was probably, you know, you also see him as listed as Nathaniel. You might want to, um, and also Labius is also uh, Thaddeus. So, there's really not much information on, on many of these disciples except Peter and Matthew and, and uh, John and stuff like that. You know, so here's, here's point number one on your list, verses 5 and 6. These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter the city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. You know, this is the disciples' commission. Everything else on this list that I'm going to go to now is, is the same today, except number one. Why number one? Because the gospel is for the Jews first and then the Greeks. These disciples were sent out to the Jewish nations. They weren't even to go to the Sadducees. Or, I'm not Sadducees, but the Samaritans, because they were half-breeds. 
they were told to go to the children of Israel, the, the Jews. For you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem first. That's Jewish territory. In Judea, which is pretty much half Jewish territory. And Samaria, which is not Jewish territory. And to the other parts of the earth. So this is the commission for the disciples for this, this example to us. Okay? But the next the commission Jesus gives us is Jesus didn't die just for the Jews. Jesus died for the Gentiles. He died for whether you're pink, purple, black, white, red, green. He died if you were a Martian. He died for you. And, and Jews were going to receive it first because salvation is from the Jews. Now, when we get our commission, it's going to change. It's, you know, it's going to be the same for today with the, with the exception that Jesus didn't just die for Jews. He died for everyone. Jesus tore down the middle wall of separation, Galatians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. He tore down the separation between Jew and Gentile for those who believe. And those who believe became Christians. But as many as received him, he gave you the power to be called the sons of God. Those Jewish disciples that got saved, they are now Christians. But they happen to have Jewish blood. Jewish blood doesn't save you. Jesus' blood saves you. You know the Great Commission. Acts 1.8, I just repeated it. Matthew 8, 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always. Mark 16.15, go into all the world. Let me finish that. Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will, not be, will be condemned. Whoa, that's some tough stuff. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. Put down serpents, really. You can see that as we read on. And if they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Up above in verse 17 says, cast out demons. Verse 18 says, take up demons. But if you look up the Greek word, it can mean put down, not take up. In the 13th, 17th verse before, that, that throws out the snake handlers. you realize that? Now you're tempting God. He's just driving it home emphatically. And it should have been take up. It's not take up. The Greek word also means put down. So then you got Luke 24, 46 through 17. I want to read that to you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is our commission today. Only it's so, so, you know, our commission is to Jews and Gentiles. So commission number one, Jesus is sending them out on this first missions trip, first field trip, and here they are. Now, we have a first field trip. It's to go out and make disciples of a whole world, not just the Jews. The message they are to carry is point number two, verse 7 of chapter uh, 10 of Matthew. Verse 7. Here we go. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's point number two. The message is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is still here, church. You know why Jesus isn't here anymore, but the Holy Spirit's here. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. So he is here in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's telling us, you know, go and preach the gospel because the kingdom of God is still at hand. We've been at this for 2,000 years now. 
Jesus isn't satisfied. God isn't satisfied until that last Gentile hears. He isn't satisfied until, until, until the last person comes into the kingdom. And only he knows that. And he's saying preach. And the word preach in Greek is kenoso, or nekeru, keruso, which means sing it out. Sing it out. And we sang it out this morning. We need to sing it out. Sing out the gospel, the good news. Sing it out to the entire world. Like, you know, I read up on this guy called Enrico Caruso. He was a, a what can I say, a, um, one of those opera singers. He could shatter a glass at 20 foot with his, with his voice. That's what this word means. Go out. Don't shut up. Go out and sing it out to the world. But you know, Christians are quiet. I'm, not, I'm preaching to myself, choir, just so you know. The kingdom of heaven is at, at hand right now. It is in us when we receive Jesus. Point number three, verse eight. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You can't give something that you don't have. You have to have it. If I want to give you my Bible, I better have it to give to you. If I wanted to give you a bottle of water, I better, I better have it to give to you if you don't have it. So you have to be a believer to preach the gospel. You can't, you don't have it. Therefore, pray to be empowered so that you might be a blessing to someone. Pray to be empowered if they come up to you and want prayer for their finances, who knows, for their children to be saved. For their parents to be saved. You know, give it to them. Believe it. If you're somebody sick in the family, pray and believe it. Because this is, as I'm saying, it's the same today. Point number one is the same, except that we're going into all the world, not just the Jewish area, because Jesus died for all the world. The message is the same. It hasn't changed. Preach the kingdom of God. The, the power hasn't changed. You think when Jesus left, he took all his power with you, with him? He gave the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is doing all the healing from now on. Jesus had to trust the Holy Spirit when he was walking literally on this earth. His Spirit wasn't with him right yet because he was in human form. He had to trust the Holy Spirit. So when he laid hands on the leper to heal him, he had to believe the Holy Spirit was going to do it. And so do you. Have to believe it. You don't sit there and so say, that, that was only for the disciples back in, in uh, you know, the A.D. 60 and A.D. 90 and stuff like that. But read, read up on, on uh, history. You'll find out St. Augustine's time, miracles were still being done. That's three, 400 years later. What happened? So now it's 1,600 years later from then, and all of a sudden this stuff disappeared? No. You know what happened? Faith dwindled. Faith dwindled. The Lord sends the disciples out with the same criteria as he had. They healed the sick, raised the dead. Number four. God gives you personal equipment. Verses 10, 9 and 10. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, nor a, for a worker is worthy of his wages. Do you realize what Jesus is saying here? Trust me completely. Don't take any money with you. Don't take any money with you. Don't take two coats. You know, if you're there and it gets cold, they'll give you a coat because the blessing of God is on that house. God says that to us today. Go. We have to, we have, to have support today somehow. I don't know why it happens. If, you went to the, if, if Matt went down to Brazil with no money, He'd be in sad shape. He couldn't take an airplane. He couldn't take a taxi. He couldn't grab an Uber. He just couldn't buy any food. 
So his support, his church is supporting him. He doesn't get paid for what he does. He does it voluntarily. His support comes from God. Only it comes from God through his church and people that love him and believe in his calling. Jesus, the Lord of the harvest, is saying, Go by faith. I will take care of you. Do not get encumbered by the things of this world. I'll give you what you need at that time. And it is the same today. There are things that need to be done preparatorily because this is a whole different world, but they don't do anything without money in this world. It's, it's unbelievable. Verse 10, the workman's worthy of his wages. As you go around doing good, preaching, teaching, healing people, people will invite you to, they'll, you know, when you bring them in, you can bless their home. The healing comes to them. Uh, they can get delivered. They can be raised spiritually or physically from the dead. They will want to bless you. As you do these things, they will want to support you. Jesus provided for these disciples completely, and they didn't lack a thing. Today, those missionaries and preachers go out, and they live off the gospel. It's okay to live off the gospel. It's okay. A pastor is worthy of his wages. That's what Jesus is saying here. It's okay. As the church gives to their, as the people in the church give to their church, that supports the pastor because he needs to live too. He needs to eat. His children need to be fed. He has rent also or mortgage. They live off the gospel, but you don't have, you know, let me tell you, millions and millions and millions of dollars into some preachers and they have condos all over the world and stuff like that, that does not fit with what you're reading here. does not fit. It's time to get rid of and get the money into the field to get that gospel out through all the world. Because did you see that last verse? I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the, the Son of God comes. Whew. He's saying, you know what? Got to get the gospel out there. I'm coming. Move quickly because I'm coming soon is what he's saying. Luke twenty-two thirty-five backs up what I just said. But now... He that hath a purse, take it. And likewise the wallet. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. God's telling you, times have changed. The mission is the same, but there's a different change here. The world hates you now, for the most part. You have one of our landlords here that, that we rent the place off told us that this his business is, is not doing good because there's a church on his property. That goes against Scripture. Scripture says in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, Blessed are they that bless you, and cursed are they that cursed you. And that guy didn't make it. He's gone. You know why? He didn't bless Freedom Church. It's not, it's not Freedom Church is so special God honors his word. It just comes right down to it. People don't believe me when I say that. That guy tried to kick us out of here five, six times. And, every, and God kicked him out before the date we were supposed to be out. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. You know why? Because God blesses those who bless us, and he curses those who curse us. And he was basically cursing. He wanted to turn this into a liquor store. A church to a liquor store? Just don't jive with me. It would be dangerous, he's saying in Luke 22, 35, and 36. It's going to be dangerous. It's dangerous down there. And I went to Brazil. It wasn't, you know, it was dangerous. Some of those people, you know, looked kind of bad. Some of them got saved, but there are believers there, praise God. Number five, their reception. Here's your reception. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire of it, is if it is worthy, and stay there until you go out. And then you go into 
the, the household. And when you go into the household, greet it. And if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. In other words, stay if there's good people there. Stay in one place. Don't keep moving around. Eat what's given to you. Pray and study. Let your blessing be on the household, and it will prosper. This guy didn't prosper because he cursed Freedom Church. I hope the new landlord here will, will bless us instead of curse us so that he's successful. You've got to believe the word, not what somebody else says. You've got to be content, in other words. So that's number five. Their reception, your reception may not be well. But you've got you to realize that. You've got to be content with it. This is a lesson for me, big, big time. Number six, their rejection, verses 14 and 15. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. He's saying, shake off the dust. I don't believe that's a literal thing. You could probably do that. It wouldn't make a big difference. But the point is, it's not shake off the dust. In other words, just write them off. Write them off. Pray for them. Because they're in bad shape, as you can see. They're going to end up like Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's not a good place to be. Shows that the city has rejected God. You can find... You know, unclean soil in the scriptures in Ezekiel 45, verse 1, and Amos 7, verse 17, talks about unclean soil. These people are unclean. They're, they're on unclean soil instead of holy ground. The Jews did this if they walked through Samaria. If, when they, if a Jew would walk through Samaria when he got to the other end, they'd shake off the dust, literally. Acts 17.31 says this, God has fixed a day in which he will judge the world and in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. It was solved. They are rejecting Jesus, not rejecting you. When you go door, door to door preaching Jesus and they slam the door in your face, don't take it personal. They're rejecting Jesus. Then it's going to be more tolerable, as I said. This shows you more tolerable than Sodom and Gomorrah. This shows you, and I don't got time to get into, but, but you can, this speaks of degrees of hell punishment. Do you realize that? It speaks there are degrees of hell's punishment. And we don't got time to go into that. But I got some references for you. Matthew eleven twenty two, Matthew twelve forty one, Matthew twenty three fourteen, Mark six eleven, Mark twelve forty, Luke ten fourteen, Luke eleven thirty one and thirty two, Luke twenty forty seven, Revelation twenty verses one eleven through fifteen. There are degrees of hell. Then they got opposition, number seven. Point number seven is opposition, verses 16 and 17. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as a serpent, yet harmless as a dove. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils and scourge you in their synagogues. These wolves speak of people who are... are are really rulers and hypocrites and false prophets that are going to hate you. The serpent here speaks of them being their craftiness and their cunningness and their deception. But 2 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by the craftiness, by his craftiness, your minds be led astray from the simplicity and purity and devotion to Christ. See, if we don't aren't devoted to Christ and the simplicity of the gospel, all you got to do is believe on Jesus to be saved. And believe, of course, as a is an action word, a verb. So 
You need to act on it. But it's saying here that the devil is crafty. He, you know, he isn't that little guy you see in the cartoon strip that's painted red mouse with a pointy tail and a red pitchfork. The Bible says that he comes like an angel of light. He appears to be good. But then as you, as you watch him and study him and you see the fruits that come from him that are dried up grapes, then you say, oh, he's going to be, you know, it says this isn't a, from God. It's, it's not from God. It's the enemy. But we're supposed to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. We're supposed to be peace-loving, meek, harmless. I got little doves around my house. I love it. They, they land in the yard. But if you come close to them or my puppy comes close to them, they tweedle as they go up in the air, kind of like a grouse if you're from Pennsylvania up north. You know, grouses make, make noise when they, you can hear their wings flap, but they tweedle as they go up. I love it. I love to see those doves because... You can watch a dove, you know, with and, and picking a bunch of seeds. The ravens and they're all there grabbing everything in sight, and the dove just sits there. I'll wait till you're done, and I'll I'll eat my seed. That's the way we're supposed to be, meek, harmless. It doesn't mean you're weak. Actually, being being humble is is actually power under control. That's what it is. You just aren't. You're just you're just waiting for the right time. You're wise. You're waiting. You have power in your hands because because you're you're um, you're meek. Actually, in Genesis, Exodus, I believe it is, it says that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. I think it's fifteen three. Um, it says Moses is the meekest man on the face of the earth. The scriptures tell us that. I don't picture Moses to be weak. I mean, he raised the staff and God parted the Red Sea. Pharaoh was scared to death of Moses. He was meek. But he had power, and his power was under the control of God. But you know what's really interesting about that? Moses wrote that. Moses wrote the words and says he's the humblest man on the face of the earth. You know what? God allowed it to be written by Moses, so therefore, guess what? Moses was the weakest man on the face of the earth because it's scripture. James 1, 5 through 8 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and whoever uh, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who, for he who asks without faith is like the of the rolling wave, not the, the the waves of the ocean that just slash all over the place. You throw that bottle in there, and it you don't know where it can end up in China for all you know, because the waves are going this way and that way. And now a rolling wave will come back in, cast your bread upon the water, and the whole rolling waves will come in and bring it back to you. But this is talking about you know a wild. You're going to have wild waves, and you don't know what's going to happen. You're a double-minded man, it goes on to say. And you're unstable in all your ways. You ought to beware because they will deliver you up to councils. And that's what I named this study. Opposition brings opportunity. They will deliver you up to councils. So this opposition you've been getting, these, these seven points so far, will lead you into... Uh, into uh, opportunity to preach the gospel. Like Paul, you will have an opportunity to preach to evil leaderships. That's what I went, taught on uh, Sunday, last Sunday, Philippians. He got to preach to, to kings and priests and soldiers and centurions of the Roman army. Paul preached before King Agrippa in Acts 26. Paul preached before Felix and Festus in Acts 25. These were older, these were evil governments. And Paul got the opportunity to preach. So all this opposition that you and I and the disciples have got in the past gives us opportunities to preach the gospel. When my dad used to tell me, you'll never be able to do that. And I said, I can do all things through Christ. 
I loved my dad dearly, but he had some negative words. My dad told me I couldn't master the script lettering, being a lettering artist. I couldn't master script. I said, I can do all things, Dad, through Christ who, who strengthens me. And before you know it, I had computer companies coming to me. They wanted me to give them my script for a fee. Listen, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Paul appeals to Rome because he's a Roman citizen and he gets to stand before Caesar. He gets to stand before royal families and Roman guards and Roman centurions because he's chained to a soldier three shifts a day, four shifts, four six-ounce shifts a day from different soldiers. And you think Paul wasn't preaching to them? This opposition that Paul was giving was uh, bringing him opportunity to get into the royal palace. And by the time Constantine came in 312 A.D., after about 200 years, there were already many Christians, hidden Christians, in the Roman government. And in the, the Rome, by the time Paul got to Rome, if you read clearly, he's stopping at houses that were Christians. They were having Bible studies in Rome before Paul ever got there. Because the gospel is unchained. And Paul said, I am in chains, but the gospel's not in chains. And the gospel went forth powerfully because your people that oppose you, you know, you have an opportunity to witness them. My dad, my mother, my my sisters, they opposed me. But it gave me opportunity to preach to them. My mom's in heaven. My dad's in heaven. You know, my sister, I believe when she goes, the one of them will be in heaven. The other one hasn't received Christ. And she's the righteous one. <laughs> you know. But you'll never get her to deny Jesus. She's Roman Catholic. And I praise God. Praise God. But they don't have a relationship like I do. I mean, like you do with Christ. Paul's saying in, in Philippians 1.12, my chains have actually turned out for the good. Ephesians 6.19, Paul says, listen, my chains made me an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm in a foreign land. I'm a political official preaching about my kingdom and my God in a foreign land. I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Evil rulers couldn't stop him. Religious men couldn't stop him. His relatives couldn't stop him. And the world isn't going to stop him. And he isn't going to stop us. Like I said in the beginning of this church, we are not a mega church, but we are mega powered. Because we preach the gospel and we preach the true gospel. People think, oh, because you're small, you're not spirit-filled. Baloney, it's the other way around. I believe it is. Like Peter and Barnabas, Peter was arrested. He was delivered up in chains and an angel came and unlocked all the doors and all the chains fell off and Peter walked out of the prison and was preaching. And when the soldiers found out he wasn't in prison and all the locks were, were still engaged, how did he get over there preaching? It gave, them, it gave Peter opportunity to preach the gospel to these people that didn't believe. Acts 16.31, Paul, Paul and Silas are chained in the inner prison, probably backwards, probably chained hands and foot, and they were beaten with rods, and they sang out at midnight, praises to God, and the whole foundation of the prison shook, and everybody's chains were, were fall off. Everybody, not just Paul and Silas's, everybody's. And on top of that, not just everybody's, but all the doors were opened up. But you know what? Nobody left. You know why? The presence of God was there, and all those criminals could hear Paul and Silas singing praises to God, and they said, I ain't going anywhere. This is too beautiful to go anywhere. It's like a, a glimpse of heaven, and they stayed in the prison, and the Philippian church started right there in, the, in Acts chapter 16, verses 1, with the ladies at the river, and now, now it is reinforced by the by the by the by Peter or Paul and Silas being driven from the temple, driven from our, I'm going to say, broken chains. And your chains can broke whatever, break whatever they are.
So verses 19, this is our ending verse because we already tackled 23 a little while ago. Now I'm going to read 19, um, verse 22 through 23. And you will be hated by, by all men for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, Flee to another, for assuredly I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. This is all the same today, church. Matthew 8, all the miracles. Matthew 9, all the miracles. Chapter 10, the Lord of the harvest, sending out the workers, his disciples. The first mission trip is the same today, with the exception we are allowed to preach to the, to the Gentiles now. Because God just didn't come to save the Jews. He came to save all. It's the same today. The, the, the message is the same. It has not changed. Preach the kingdom of God. That Christ came. That Christ was, was crucified. That he was buried. And that he is risen the third day according to the scripture. That is the message. Number three, the power is the same. You can heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Come on, church. Cancer can flee. A multiple sclerosis can flee. But we have to have faith. And not only that, we have to be doers of the word. So I'm not just saying, hey, you don't have enough faith. I'm saying we have to be doers of the word. You know, the same power today. You also, the same today, your, your personal equipment is the same today. You have God's equipment. You don't need to take money. But if you do take money, you know you've got work to do. You are, you're more able. Your personal equipment is, is the, uh, the, 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 what can I say, the armor of God. I don't, I don't have time to get into that. But today it's okay to take money. Because I read that in Luke, if you remember right. Now, number five is their reception is the same today. You know, they, some will receive you and some will not. The ones that receive you will be blessed. The ones that don't receive you will not be blessed. You will be rejected. It's still the same today. You will be rejected for preaching the gospel. Like I even told you, somebody told me just this week, uh, the Christians are the worst. And I'm like, you claim to be a Christian. The opposition is the same today. God sends us out like sheep. But as I said earlier, we are sheep, but we're also a lion. It's time for lion to come out. It's time for lion to come out because the world's going to hell in a handbasket very quickly. The world's shaping up for the disasters, and we aren't going to stop these things. I think we'll slow them down, and I think we'll speed up the, the Lord's coming. And, you, and number eight, it gives us opportunity to preach. When people reject you, your people at work, your colleagues, they make fun of you now. I remember the day I made fun of called my, my colleagues, and I ended, up, I ended up like them, Christians, because their opposition, you know, I, I challenged it. And number eight, their opportunity to preach gives us opportunity to preach the gospel to your, your family, to the world. And number nine, it comes from verse, verse 20 and 22 there, which is endurance. He who endures to the end will be saved. Yeah, you're going to have to struggle. You're going to have to endure hardship. Paul says to me in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he says, endure hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ. For any soldier wants to please his captain. A, a soldier in active duty will always please his captain, but if you're not in active duty, you're not going to be pleasing your captain, and according to the Word of God, Jesus is the captain of the hosts of the Lord. Endure hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ, says the gospel. And take the opposition and preach the gospel. All right, church. 
If you've never taught a Bible study before in your church, you can take that flyer and go do one because it's all written down there for you. All right, Father, thank you, Father, for your word here today. Bless it to our hearts. Let us hear what you have to say and what I have to say. You can throw it out. But, Lord, drive home the point that it's time for us in this oppositional society to stand strong and have great opportunities to preach the gospel to those who hate you and hate us and some that are unsure. And to you be the glory when they receive you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. For those online, tune in Thursday night, 7.15, Sunday next week, 10 a.m. I love you all. God bless.